Jesus Christ prays that uh, God sent his son Jesus who died on the cross to pay for sin and rose again to conquer death. We call this the gospel message, the good news, the death and resurrection of Christ. This morning we celebrate what we often just call Easter, but it's the resurrection day. And, and the truth is every Sunday should be resurrection day because Jesus rose from the grave on the first day of the week. We worship on the first day of the week. But this Easter, we always think about the resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and how we worship him. Now, one of the great truths, because of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have victory. We have victory over death. Death is swallowed up in victory, as 1 Corinthians 15, verses 54 says, Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, death, where is your victory? What we find out is in 1 Corinthians 15, 57, Thanks be to God who gives us the victory, the victory over sin and death, through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So the victory is Christ who died and rose again. And so on this Easter morning, we're going to think about the resurrection of Jesus Christ and how we gain the victory because of that. Because of his death and resurrection, there's victory over sin and death. He paid for sin, and he conquered death. Now, let me just tell you this. The purpose of Easter is not to tell people they should live better lives. Easter is called the celebration of the victory of Jesus Christ over sin and death. We come together to give thanks to God who's given us this victory. Let me remind you of something that Jesus Christ, of course, told his men. He told the people. He was going to Jerusalem. He'd be handed over to the religious leaders. They would try him. They would hand him over to the Romans, and they would put him to death. And then he would rise again. And so that exactly happened. Jesus was arrested, tried three times at night by the Jews, found guilty, tried three times in the morning by the Romans, found not guilty, but because of the crowd, they put him on the cross, and he died. He died on the cross. And let me put this up here. So when Jesus was nailed to the cross for his enemies, it was a victory. For the soldier, it was just another day's work. For his followers, it was the death of their brightest hopes and dreams. Their Messiah and King was dead. So you can imagine being the disciples who had been with Jesus for three, three and a half years, and all the women who had been with you, they're, they're all right there with him, and they watch him die. And they watch where they put him. And some of the women actually went out and watched the tomb they put him in. And so their dreams and hopes, thinking that Jesus Christ was the Messiah, that he was the Savior, he was the one that the Bible talked about, who would come and, and be the Messiah, the Savior, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords. But he died. But the great truth is, he didn't stay dead. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. And in the first century, there was a saying that some would say, especially on this day, they would say, he is risen. And anybody would say, he is risen indeed. And so we have a great message. The message is that Jesus Christ died and rose again. And the great response to that is to believe in him and the offer is eternal life. And you may look at that and say, that sounds familiar because that's John three sixteen. God so loved the world, <clears throat> loved the world that he gave his son to die and rise again, that whosoever would believe in him would never perish, but have everlasting life. That is our message. Jesus died and rose again, paying for the sins of mankind and conquering death, and whoever believes in him will never perish, but have everlasting life. Now, as we look this morning, we're thinking about resurrection because it's Easter, and so there's three things I want us to do, and we're going to go through it fairly quickly for you, but we're going to look at the fact of the resurrection. We're going to look at some of the events. Did Jesus rise from the dead? Second, the importance of the resurrection, because you could raise this question, what difference does it matter if he rose from the grave? Because if on the cross, he's dying and paying for sin, and he said before on the cross, he says, it is finished, why does he have to rise from the dead? What difference does it make? 
And then the third thing is we're going to see what is our response as we look through this. So let's start first with the fact of the resurrection, and we're going to look at actually three things. We're going to look at the women at the tomb, we're going to look at two believers, and we're going to look at the disciples, and we're going to see that they saw Jesus. And we'll see how all this fits together. So let's start with the women at the tomb. And you're at Luke 24, look at verse 1. And here's what it says. On the first day of the week, that's Sunday morning, at early dawn, they came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. Now, they are the women. If you look back in Luke 23, verse 55, it says, Now the women who had come with him out of Galilee followed. They saw the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and perfumes, and on the Sabbath they rested according to the commandment. So the women actually saw where Jesus was buried. A man by the name of Joseph of Arimathea and uh, Nicodemus, another man came and they took the body of Jesus, they took it to a tomb, put him in there, and then they rolled a big stone in front of it. That, that was to keep the animals out. And that's what they were going to do. And now what normally happened at that time, you put a body in there, and when they put, first put the body in there, they anoint it with these spices. And then after three or four days, then the women were going to come out, and they were going to do the same thing. They were going to anoint the body with spices, and eventually the body will rot away, and there'll just be the bones left. And that, that's the plan. And so the women now, they've gotten up that morning on the first day of the week, and they said it's been three to four days, so we need to, we need to go and anoint the body because this time it's going to start smelling bad. That's what's going to happen, so we're going to go out there. Now, on the way out there, they were worried a little bit because they said, who's going to roll away the big stone? I mean, the stone's big. I don't think we can do it, but we need to get in there to anoint the body. So that was one of the issues that they were talking about, but it says in chapter 24, verse 1, but on the first day of the week, early they came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. So they're coming to do that, to bring it, but look what happened, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. What? This is a big stone. In fact, it had been sealed. The Romans sealed it because the Jewish leaders, they wanted it sealed so that nobody could come steal the body and claim that Jesus was alive. And so that's what they did. And so the Romans sealed it. And so how in the world are they going to get in? And when they get there, the stone has been rolled away. And you could see them saying, what, what, what is going on? What could be going on? And it said, but when they entered, they actually went in the tomb area and they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Now, you may not figure this out, but most of the graves and the tombs were sort of in the side of hills or the side of cave, like a cave. And so normally there would be a front place and a groove where the stone would be, and then there'd be an open place. And when you walked in, there would usually be a flat place in which they placed the body. And so they look in, the stone has moved away, and then they look in, and then look what it says. And when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And you can imagine these women saying, what, what am I, what, did somebody steal it? What, where could he be? You know, they're not saying, oh boy, he's alive. They're not saying that. Because even though Jesus told over and over, I'm going to Jerusalem, I'll be turned over to the religious leaders, and then I'll be turned over to the Romans, and they will kill me, and after three days I will rise again. They t they're not going, he's supposed to rise. No wonder he's not here. They don't think that way. In fact, even the disciples and all of them, they all said, what's, what's going to happen to Jesus? Uh, he died. What are we going to do? I don't know. Well, the women said, where's the body? When they entered, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men suddenly stood near them in dazzling clothing. Now, these two men are angels. Angels appear. They've come to give a message. In fact, they've come to give a message that the women already knew. 
They just had forgotten the message. And so they're scared because these angels come in. Here's a, a point. Every time an angel appears to the people, there's always fear. If an angel appeared in this room right now, if an angel came right there, every one of us in this room would be afraid. They're powerful beings, powerful beings. One angel killed 185,000 Assyrian troops in one night. Angels are powerful beings. So two angels appear, and notice verse 5, and the women were terrified. And as the women were terrified, they bowed their faces to the ground, and the men said to them, and they asked this simple question, why do you seek the living one among the dead? Why would you come here in a tomb to find Jesus? Because what did Jesus tell them? I'm going to rise again. They should have known that. So we look at the Bible and we got the whole thing. And we say, oh, yeah, yeah, we got, we got the whole New Testament and everything. We already know the story. Jesus died and rose again. You ask those ladies, did he rise again? And they say, well, we don't know. And we don't know what happened to the body. We don't know exactly. And these angels said, why are you here looking for a dead person? He's the living one. Why would you look for the living one among the dead? And then they say the great words, he is not here. He has risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was in Galilee? He's not here. He is risen. Remember what he said? Over and over, he said, I'm going to Jerusalem. I'll be handed to the religious leaders, then to the Romans. I'll be crucified, and after three days, I will rise again. In fact, verse 6 again, he says, he's not here. He's risen. Do you remember how he spoke to you while he's in Galilee? Remember what he said? He said that the Son of Man will be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, put to death, and the third day, rise again. The angels remind him. Don't you remember? He said he was going to cru be crucified. That's die. That's death. And then he's going to rise again. That's resurrection. The death and the resurrection. And look at verse 9. And they remembered his words. That's what he said. That's what he said over and over. That's what they said. So these women say, what, what should we do? It says, and they, and returning from the tomb and reported all these things to the 11, to the rest. They said, we better go back and tell the disciples. See, there's 11 disciples now, the 12th when Judas is dead. And there's other people too. There's not just the disciples there. And so the ladies go running back. And they say, we just saw two angels and the tomb is empty and Jesus is alive. And they all went, what are you talking about? And a couple of them said, we're going to go to the tomb and check it out ourselves. And they went and came back and said, well... There's nobody there. There's nobody there. What could have happened to the body? You notice they don't all say, he is alive. They say, what could have happened to the body? Even though he told them how many times? Five times in the Gospel of Matthew. Five times in the Gospel of Matthew. And that's just the Gospel of Matthew. This is Luke, of course. Five times in the Gospel of Matthew, I'm going to go die and rise again. So we see the women. They saw the empty tomb. Angels told him he's alive. And we're going to meet somebody else. Two people, two believers. They heard the message of the women who had gone to the tomb. Now, they live in a place uh, that's Emmaus. It's about seven miles from Jerusalem. And after they hear this message, they say, well, we're going home. We're going home. And so they start home. And they're walking, as people did in those days. They're walking. And look at verse 13. And behold, two of them... We're going that very day to a village called Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. They're on the way. And they had heard the message that the women told. And they were talking with each other about the things which had taken place. Now, you can imagine these two walking around going, 
What, what do you think happened? I don't know. Well, the women said, the angels said he was alive, but did anybody see him? I didn't. Did you see? I didn't see him. They didn't see him. Do we know he's alive? Well, the angels said he was alive. Wow. I don't know. What do you think? I don't know what to think. While they were talking, verse 15, and discussing, Jesus himself approached and being traveling with them. Now, what we're going to see is that Jesus comes up with them, but they don't know it's Jesus because he fixes it where they don't recognize him because they would have known him. And he starts walking with them. Now, you say, well, is that normal? Yes, it was normal. In that day and time, people walked. You didn't walk by yourself because they were robbers and they'd jump on you and beat you up and steal all your stuff. So you went usually in pairs, sometimes groups of people. And suddenly there's this guy and he joins you. And it's sort of like they're saying, you want to walk with us? You can walk with us. And so they're all walking together. And it's Jesus, but they don't know it. And they've been saying, I wonder what happened to Jesus. Jesus could say, I'm right here. I'm right here. But watch what happens. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself approached them and began traveling with them, but their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. They just didn't know what it was. And he said to them, what are the words which you're exchanging with one another as you're walking? And they stood still looking sad. Now let's stop. He says, what are the words which you're exchanging with one another? Now, what we would say is... What are y'all talking about, right? What, 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 what are y'all talking about? Because they're talking back and forth about what could have happened to Jesus. And of course, Jesus is there and he knows everything. But he asked them like he doesn't know anything. He says, what are you talking about? And they stood still. Now look at this verse 17. They stood still looking sad. See, they have heard that the women said that the angel said he's alive. But do they believe it? They don't. They're sad. You can see them going, Jesus said, what are y'all talking about? And they go, and then it says this. One of them named Cleophas answered and said to him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and you're unaware of the things which have happened in these days? They'd say it this way. Where have you been? Have you not heard what happened about Jesus, about him, and about the fact that he got arrested? We thought he was the Messiah and everything, and he got arrested and everything, and they put him to death. That's why we're sad. And so look what they said. Are you, are you somebody just visiting Jerusalem? And verse 19, and he said to them, Jesus said, well, what are y'all talking about? And they said to him, the things about Jesus, the Nazarene, who was a prophet. The Nazarene means he's from Nazareth. Uh, the thing about Je- uh, Jesus, the Nazarene, who was a prophet, mighty indeed in word in the sight of God and all the people. I mean, he did things that only a prophet of God could do. Only, only you know, and then he went on and says, and how the chief priest and our rulers delivered him to the sentence of death and crucified him. The religious leaders had him put to death. And then what could they say? But we were hoping. See, we were really hoping that it was he who's going to redeem Israel. To redeem Israel was the Messiah. Redeeming Israel is the Savior. That's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That's the one that's going to come in righteousness and glory and power and is going to redeem Israel and is going to be the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And they said... We thought he was the one, but the religious leaders killed him. We thought he was the one. And besides, in the middle of verse 21, it says, besides, it's been three days. Uh, this is the third day since all this stuff happened. But then they get more information. But, but, some of the women, also some women among us amazed us. They amazed us. Why? Because when they were at the tomb early this morning, they didn't find the body. And they came and they said that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Obviously, they didn't believe those women. 
They tell this stranger, well, yeah, but we thought Jesus, we thought he would be the one, Jesus of Nazareth, but they killed him. But, but these women went out to the tomb early this morning and came back and told us that an angel told them that he was alive. And so what happened? Well, verse 24, some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just exactly as the woman told us, but they didn't see him. Did the women see him? I, I, don't, think those saw, I don't think those women saw him. Did the two that went out to the tomb, did they see him? No, no I don't, we don't think they saw him. So we got kind of a conflicting message. We saw him die. We thought he was the Savior. And some women said that an angel said he was alive. So what they're really saying is, we don't really know what to think. And then Jesus said to them, verse 25, O foolish men and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. You're just slow. You don't get it. You just don't get it. How many times did I tell you? Or he just says, how many times? How many times did Jesus tell them I'm going to die and rise again? You know, we always talk about the gospel, the good news message. It's not just that Jesus died on the cross. The gospel message is he died and rose again. It's both parts. And he said, didn't, I t- didn't he tell you? He said, aren't you slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken? Was it not necessary, now watch this, was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? Wasn't it necessary that the Messiah would have to suffer, that's to die, and then enter into glory, that's the resurrection and the reign? Isn't it what was supposed to happen? You know, if you took the Bible in that day and time, the Bible was the Tanakh, the Torah, the Nebim, and the Ketubim, the Old Testament. They, we call it Old Testament, they called it the Bible. He said, if you look back what the prophets in the Bible said, didn't the prophets say the Messiah had to die and then rise again? Did y'all not read it? Did you not believe it? Have you not heard it? What did you expect when Jesus died? Did you think that he's going to stay dead, that he was just a great man and a great teacher? Did he not say that he was the Son of God? Did you not see the miracles? Did you not see all that he did? Did you not see he spoke the Word of God? And then when he died, did you not expect him to rise from the dead? And they didn't. And sometimes we have promises all over the scripture and we don't believe them. Is this true? Well, I hope it is. What do you mean you hope it is? Do you have eternal life? You should say, yes, I do. And you don't say, I hope I do. Listen, if you believed in Jesus Christ, what did he give you? Eternal life. We should believe the promises. And what did Jesus tell them? I'm going to die and rise again, and they don't get it. So look what he did. Amazing. Verse 27, this is something we wish we could have been there. Verse 27, then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scripture. Now, Moses' Moses books were Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, and then the rest of it was sometimes called the Law and the Prophets, was the rest of what they would call the Old Testament. He takes the Bible that they had And he shows them how he fits in the scripture. I imagine he went back to Exodus and said, Jesus is the Passover lamb, the one who dies to pay for sin, to deliver us from the bondage of sin. He probably went to Psalm 22 and says, the one that's saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's Jesus. He probably went to Isaiah 53 and says, all the ones who like sheep gone astray, to our own way, but the Lord has laid on him our iniquities. He was bruised for our iniquities. That's the Messiah. 
He probably went to Psalm 16 and said, he will not see corruption. That's the resurrection. He probably went to Psalms 2 and said, he's going to rule in righteousness and justice as the king of kings. Would you have loved to heard Jesus teach through the Old Testament showing how it, replied, how it refers to him? We would have went, oh gosh, we, we'll take that class. We'll get in that class, right? These guys don't even know what's happening. Here's Jesus teaching them. Later on, it says, when they heard this, their hearts burned within them because they were going, how does he know all this? How does all this fit? This is beautiful. You know the feeling that sometimes you study the Bible and you find something and you go, I have never seen this. This is beautiful. I didn't know how this fit. You know how excited you get? Just think about seeing the whole Old Testament put together by Jesus. Wow. Well, he teaches them the Bible. And they get to their house. And Jesus acts like he's going on. Like, I'll see you all later. And they go, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's late. Why don't you stay and eat with us? And Jesus says, okay. And what is so amazing, and this is what's strange, it says Jesus broke the bread and gave it to them. Now, it's their house. If somebody comes to your house, do they do the serving all the food and giving it out? No, you do. But Jesus says, excuse me, I'll take over here. And he took the bread and gave it to them. And immediately, listen to what this says. It says, their eye, this is verse 31. And their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. Can you imagine? Somebody said, some people have taught that when he broke the bread and handed it to them, they could see the scars. And they went, oh my. And all of a sudden they realized it was Jesus. And then he disappeared. And they went, where did he go? You know what they said? He's alive. We just saw him. We just spent a bunch of time with him. He just taught us the Bible. He is alive. You know what we got to do? We got to go back to Jerusalem. I know it's late. We got to go back to Jerusalem and tell everybody that he's alive. Well, let's go. Well, we're going. And so they left to go back. Their eyes were open and he disappeared. They're going back. And so we said, wow, that's amazing. And they get back. And as they get back there, all of a sudden, they meet some of the disciples. And the disciples say, he's alive. He's, Peter saw him. And they say, we saw him. We saw him too. And then there's some of the disciples who said, we hadn't seen him. How come? Wait, wait a minute. Peter saw him. Y'all saw him. You're not even one of the 12. And y'all saw him. And, and we hear one of the women saw him. Well, how come we didn't see him? Are we not going to get to see him? Well, then watch what happened. And this is now the third group. Look at verse 36. And while they were telling these things, he himself stood in their midst and he said to them, Peace be to you. He appeared right there. You could see him looking around like, well, How did he come in? I mean, by the way, he's God, right? He can do anything. He just appeared. And they all went, he is alive. By the way, still one guy not there. You know who that was? Thomas. Everybody's going to say, we saw him, except Thomas. And Thomas is going, this is not fair. I'm not believing until I see it. Eight days later, eight days later, Jesus appeared with Thomas there. So they see him. 
And look what Jesus says. And they, they were frightened. They thought it might be a spirit. And he says, why are you troubled? In verse 38, why do your hearts doubt? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. Touch me. By the way, give me something to eat that could show you that I'm still alive, that it's really a body. And then he did something amazing. Verse 44, what did Jesus do? He said to them, these are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you that all the things that were written about me in the law and the prophets and the Psalms had to be fulfilled. Well, what was that? Jesus fulfilled the law. What was that? And he opened their minds to understand the Scripture. Wow. See, that's what the Holy Spirit does for us. You, when you believe in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside you. And when you study the Scripture, the Holy Spirit opens up your mind, helps you, and illuminates the Scripture. So that as you study, you begin to put together the truths. And then here's what he says in verse 46. He said to them, it is written, thus it is written, that the Christ would suffer, that's die, and rise again from the dead on the third day. That's resurrection. Wow. We've seen the women, empty tomb and an angel, or a couple of angels. We've seen the two believers who actually saw him on the road and got taught by him. We've seen the disciples who stood Right there, and he was right in their midst. Jesus is alive. He died and rose again. And now, with that in mind, we could say, well, why, why is it so important? What's the importance of the resurrection? Because if Jesus died on the cross and he said, it is finished, it's already taken care of, why does it matter if he rose from the grave? Well, two things, really. First of all, it proved that death is conquered See, in 1 Corinthians 15, you don't have to turn there, but in 1 Corinthians 15, it basically talks about that Christ is risen, that in Adam all die, but in Christ all are made alive, and that victory over death. And see, when Jesus died on the cross physically and then rose from the grave, he conquered physical death. So you understand death is, is, is over. That's why the verse says, Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? There's not one. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Death is not the end at all. Jesus Christ has conquered death. Let me explain something to you a lot of people don't understand. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, he paid for the sins of every human being, every human being, past, present, and future, whether they're believers or unbelievers, he paid for all sin. When he rose from the grave, he conquered death for every human being. Whether believers or unbelievers, he conquered death. We know this, that we get eternal life when we believe. Eternal life is forever with Jesus Christ, comes simply by faith. I want you to understand something. Some will live forever with Jesus Christ. It's called eternal life. Anyone who put their faith in Christ for eternal life is saved and saved forever, and they will spend eternity. Jesus is going to raise you from the dead, and you spend eternity with him. But some will die forever. It's called the second death. They're separated from Jesus Christ because they have not believed in Jesus Christ as the Savior. They have not believed in him. That's why the Bible says, he that believes is not condemned, but he that believes not is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. You understand, people do not go to hell because of their sins. Jesus Christ has already paid for every sin of every person. People go to hell because they do not believe in Christ for eternal life. It is that simple. Jesus died and rose again. Whoever believes in him will never perish but have eternal life. So here's the question. Where are you going to be? You're going to spend eternity with Jesus Christ because you have believed in him for eternal life? 
Or are you going to spend eternity separated from Jesus Christ because you've not put your faith in him or believed in him for eternal life? It is that simple. Whoever believes has eternal life. That's why the gospel message is that Jesus died and rose again. The response is to believe in him, and the offer is to eternal life. God so loved the world that he gave his son to die and rose again, that whosoever would believe in him would never perish, but have everlasting life. I hope and pray that every one of you in this room, if somebody asked you, if you were to die, would you be with Jesus? Do you have eternal life? That every one of you in this room would say, yes, because I have believed in Christ for eternal life. If you have not, this may be the first time in your life that you have ever heard that message. Because you may have grown up and people say, you got to be good or you got to get baptized, you got to go to church, you got to ask him into your life, you got to make a public profession, you got to live a good life, you got to do something. Those are wrong messages. Jesus died and paid for sin and rose again and conquered death, and he offers to you a gift. A gift costs you nothing. He offers to you the gift of eternal life simply by faith. So right where you're sitting, you don't come down an aisle, you don't walk down, you don't do this, you don't give this. You, don't. you simply believe in Jesus Christ for eternal life. You believe that he will give you life forever with him because he is the Savior. I hope and pray that if anyone has ever, never trusted Christ that this morning, right now, you believe in Christ for eternal life. So the first reason that, that we say, why, why is it so important? is because... Um, the whole idea of that he conquered death. But here's the second thing. It also proves our sins are paid for. I'm not going to let you turn there, but in, in 1 Corinthians 15, it basically says, if Jesus didn't rise from the grave, you're still in your sins, and there's never been a payment. See, anybody could say, I'm God, I'm the Savior, I'm going to die on the cross, it is finished. But what proved that Jesus really is the Son of God who paid for our sins? It's his resurrection of the dead. Romans chapter 1 says he's declared to be the son of God with power by the resurrection of the dead. 1 Corinthians 15, 17, if he's not risen, you're still in your sins. There was no payment. That's why it's so important. 1 John 2, 2, he is the satisfactory payment, not for our sins only, but for the entire world. So why is it so important that Jesus rose from the grave? It proved death is conquered and it proved sins are paid for. Wow, so what is our response to all this? What is our response? Well, we go back basically to Luke 24, verse 45, where it says, he opened their minds to teach them the scripture. And what was the message? He said, it is written that Christ would suffer, that he would die, and rise again from the dead on the third day. And then he says in verse 48, you are witnesses. Now, he's talking to the guys there. But in application, we are the witnesses of Jesus Christ. We, in this room, are going to go out into this culture and this world and tell them that God so loved them that he gave his son to die and rise again, and if they would believe in him, they would never perish but have everlasting life. It is that simple. That's our responsibility. We get to tell people how others can have eternal life. Powerful. They were to go and to proclaim it. And if you look carefully at the scripture about in Luke and Matthew and Acts chapter 1 and all, in all of the gospels and the book of Acts, they all have a commission in which he sends them out. And we have a commission, and that is to tell people about Jesus Christ. So let me give you sort of uh, some applications as we close, and that is this. Let's realize the victory that we have in Jesus Christ. He died on the cross to pay for sin and rose again, conquering death, and salvation is a gift. And so as I said a while ago, there are some of you in this room, maybe, to believe in Jesus Christ for eternal life. 
Maybe you never have. I grew up never going to church. I went to church once when I was six and once when I was 12. And when I wandered into a Bible study, I didn't know it was a Bible study. They shut the door. I couldn't leave. I heard that night the message that Jesus died and rose again, and whoever would believe in him would never perish but have everlasting life. And that night, on the way, after the Bible study, to get a hamburger in the front seat of a car, I believed in Jesus Christ for eternal life. You can be anywhere. You can be in this room right here. You don't have to walk down an aisle. You don't have to say a special prayer. You don't have to do any of that. You simply believe in Christ for eternal life. So you may have grown up hearing things like, try to be good, do the best you can, go to church, get baptized, make him Lord of your life, be willing to serve him. None of those messages of the Bible. The Bible message is believe in him for eternal life and you're saved forever. So I hope if you're in this room and you've never believed, believe right now. And if you do, you can tell me. Call, I mean, call me, next, call me next week. Just say, hey, I just want you to know I, I believed in Christ for eternal life. You're saved and saved forever. By the way, how long is eternal life? As forever. It cannot end. The moment you believe you have eternal life, you're saved forever. For us, let's take this message into this world. That's us. The message is he died and rose again. The belief is the response and the offer is eternal life. Romans 1.16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes. Acts 1.8, we're witnesses. John 3.16, the verses that we've seen over and over again. So on this resurrection day, let's think about this. May we realize the victory we have in Jesus Christ. Sin is paid for, and death is conquered. So for some, may you you believe in Jesus Christ for eternal life.